Developing the Leader Within is a podcast that focuses on leadership, management, and career development. We nosedive into the areas that are holding you back from your full potential. Let us begin. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Developing the Leader Within. I'm your host, Enrique Acosta-Gonzalez, and today I have Eduardo Ibacache Rodriguez, my counterpart all the way in Europe, uh, sharing his day, his evening, actually, with us. And we're going to be talking about leadership and well-being, a very important topic. 2020 has definitely put a press on what the well the word definition of well-being is and uh we're going to discuss that tonight so uh, Eduardo thank you for being with us tonight Gracias gracias Enrique it's a pleasure I I have been really have looking forward to coming to your show actually I really enjoy your episodes so it's a pleasure Thank you thank you so uh, t- so we're going to get into this uh because it is firmly at the forefront of everybody's mind. I know that I personally have dealt with uh, a challenge in well-being uh, and, you know, succumbed to the effects of a strenuous and very stressful environment. So I'm looking forward to hearing uh, not only your talk about well-being, but the story you're going to share with us And I believe that one of the most important things is to truly define what well-being is, right? I think, I, I think that's a great starting point. So I'm going to hand it over to you and, and, and we'll go with the discussion. I think like well-being for me has like nothing, it's not like something that is only related to like the workplace, right? When I talk about or lecture about well-being, I'm talking about, uh, I, I say like well-being at life, uh, well-being at work. That's, that's like the two expressions that I talk about, you know, because uh, well-being is like, uh, how, how, how do you feel? Like, how good do you feel uh, where you are, like doing what you're doing, you know, like, uh, are you feeling good? Like, are, are you like productive or you, or, or, or you're the, like the opposite or you experience in stress, anxiety, you know? And I, I know a lot about, uh, because of my, my history, like my, my, my walks on life, I know a lot about well-being, like how, how, how it can, uh, how it can like, uh, like destroy or, or how it can, pollute negatively environments you know either if it's work or, or if it's like in 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 society or in life you know like we came to Sweden when I was uh, five years old and uh, there was a lot of like races when I came there it's like it's nothing that we have today what we have for me is that's like uh, buying a happy meal you know like it's nothing compared to when I came, you know, like we had like Nazi skinheads, like that was the fashion among a lot of the youths, you know, and, and for me, like a, a person of color, you know, I, I, I didn't feel good in that environment. Like my well-being was like, uh, was like, uh, was damaged, you know, like I, I felt a lot of uncertainty. I was afraid a lot of the time uh, of like, what will they do to me, you know? And uh, if you take this into work, like f- for me, like even in a family, you have like, 
you have like well-being you know like how are how are the children feeling like how, how are how is how is the well-being of the family you know and usually what we have is that maybe we don't have a, a, a functional culture you know that a culture that is empowering uh, a culture that is inclusive you know a, a culture that uh, that makes people grow and communicate, you know, in, instead of fighting and having animosity to each other, you know, they should be supportive, you know. And that's usually the case when you talk about well-being at work. It's the same, you know, as I see it, is that the only way you can target well-being at work is uh, the same through life, you know, you need to create a good culture, you know. And that is what I believe is a lot of companies are not doing. They're not understanding that culture should be a strategy, you know, because culture is the most powerful tool you can use. It's more powerful than money, actually. You can't you can pay people, you know, like to a certain amount and treat them badly. But then after, like, if you're continuously doing that and paying them, like, I don't know, like better than anybody, it doesn't matter. Like you will lose the best people, right? It's so simple, you know. Uh, people, what, this is what I believe. I, I call myself a humanist. And when I say like a humanist, uh, I'm a humanist, I say that I really believe that all people are equally worth. I, I really believe that all people uh, should have the opportunity to have the liberty to choose their life, uh, their religion or like freedom of speech. And I also believe that they should have the uh, the right to be in a safe environment like people should not be harassing each other people should like treat each other good and, and that's not the same as being uh, and ha than having discipline you know like having order uh, we should not mix apple and uh, how you say orange apple yeah and oranges right like you can have a lot of hierarchy you can have a lot of uh, like discipline you know and demand on people as long as the environment is, is, is empowering you know like we're part of something and that is what people want to be you know people want to be encouraged people want to be listened to it's so simple and, and it goes to to anything like to a family like your children it's the same thing you know and, and this is something that uh, i usually debate with people is that for me uh, like work that's my second family I, I see everybody very important when i go there like i don't see like oh now i'm at work uh, now i only care about myself if everybody did that no company would grow right <laughs> you need to care for each other and that is why i lo love talking with you about military leadership right because a lot of that principles applies actually to a company you know anyways like speeding fast forward i, I was in a lot my well-being was very like uh, negative you could say I, I felt a lot of stress anxiety growing up because of all these things that were happening to me and uh, when I, in 98, when I entered university, that was like, uh, you could say, like, I started to work almost immediately, like freelancing. Uh, and I started to, like, I founded a company. And the first thing that we did is actually start, we discovered the thing, like, with values, because we have really good mentors that taught us the thing with values. And I'm a person that re read a lot of books, not so much anymore, but uh, when I grew up, I had to hide in the library from the bullies. So I, I started to read and I read for years, 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 already as a child, you know. So I know a lot about history. I know a lot about, a lot about like philosophy. I know a lot about a lot of things, you know. And 
the, the thing is that the, the more knowledge you, you get, the more you can analyze things, you know, from different angles, right? And try to, to see some kind of, uh, of uh, at least something that everybody can align to. And, and what I had concluded that I, that I can align to when I started a company was that if we don't have, a, 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 if we can't create a safe haven of empowerment, uh, of inclusion, of uh, humanism, meaning that a leader uh, or any person in the company is just a human. Like they, they have the right to have bad days. They have the right to maybe suffer in life because they divorce or, or you understand? Is that uh, if, if, if you can like focus on the human and, and have like a human-centric driven organization, doesn't matter if you're a startup or if you're a bank, I think that's the only way to go. And that's the only way to target the uh, well-being actually, because what I discovered like running a startup and having like, uh, like strong values and ha- having this kind of camaraderie in the company that everybody should be there for each other. Uh, uh, what I discovered was that when I entered big corporate and started to work for them, I realized that it waters out the bigger you get, you know, like all startups, they need to have that in, in the beginning, you know, and usually startups don't have so much burnout. Usually when they have is because they have people that are, how can you say, or they were going too much, you know, they were working themselves to death, you can say. And that is uh, another thing that is very important to understand is that uh, the amount of work that you do is not in correlation to a burnout, actually. It's more about in the environment and the situation that you work, that is is what can cause you to start to stress. And usually that is like how a burnout start is that you're starting to not feel good. You know, it's not like, oh, I, I like my body is hurting. It's more like it's come from within, you know, it's like uh, you start to feel stressed. You start to feel like having anxiety. Uh, you can't sleep, for example, you're going to sleep less and less. And the more this thing continues, uh, the bigger is the chance that the brain and the body will say, uh, like in Spanish, we say basta, you know, <laughs> it's enough. <laughs> you need to change something. And usually when it comes to company, like when you're in a corporate and we're talking about well-being and you're like in a, in a brink of burnout, it's, it's usually something behind, you know, it's, it's maybe there's a, a manager, like a micromanager that is, that is, that is causing this situation for people, you know, uh, or, or maybe like the whole environment per se is maybe not good for you, you know, it's, it's not what you would like to do in life. Maybe you should do something else, you know, and that is what is so difficult with well-being that there is no magic bullet for everybody, you know, everybody needs to find out what is the reason that I'm not feeling good, you know. It could also be your yourself, you know, something inside you. Maybe, maybe you have some, like, maybe you have something that you need to treat, you know, uh, and maybe go to therapy. Maybe you need to talk about something that happened to you before, you know, that you have not dealt with. There's many reasons that that could trigger a person to start to not feeling good in life, you know, either it's at work or uh, 
So what happened to me actually was that uh, uh, I started to, to, to sleep less. Uh, I came to the conclusion that if I could sleep less, I could work more. <laughs> And also another thing that I had was that I haven't worked with my inner peace. Like my mother died when I was 20 and that was hard for me. Like I started to get depression and I got them for almost 20 years actually before like seven, eight years ago that I could get rid of them. You know? So I have a lot, I had a lot of things that I haven't, uh, I, I, I just work, you know, I, I, I'm a workaholic. I'm still today, I, I work a lot, you know, but now I, I don't work in, in, uh, in stress. I don't work in negativity. That's, that, that is the reason I can work like I do today and be, still be productive and not burning out, you know, because I have realized what works, what don't work for me. It doesn't mean that this will work for everybody. Some people, they need to be like all the weekend in the nature, for example, that's their magic bullet, you know. Uh, some other people, they need to, I don't know, do mindfulness. Uh, some people find it in spirituality, for example, maybe like be very active in their church and their, their community, you know. Everybody needs to find an anchor that could take you back into this, this feeling, you know, that you're the opposite of stress and anxiety. Like it's, it's an individual thing to find out. So it's very hard to advise people and tell them you need to do this and that. The only thing I can say, and I think nobody would disagree on this, is that if you're experiencing that most of your hours during the day, you're in deep panic mode and stress, uh, than the opposite, you need to take a break. <laughs> you need to sit down and analyze like, what is going on, you know, you need, you need to figure that out before it's too late, because when it's too late, that was what happened to me, that I, I let this go on for so long time that uh, suddenly my brain and my body just said, stop, I couldn't go up, you know, I, I haven't been sleeping for almost two weeks, I, I was sleeping like two, three hours per night, and uh, I was... Uh, uh, yeah, like I couldn't grasp all the things I was doing. I was doing a lot of projects at the same time. Uh, I was trying to solve this here. I was like, oh, I didn't get this funding. I need to solve that. You know, I was doing too many things at the same time. And then I started to get negativity because one ball fell down, then the next one fell down. So it became like this chain of negativity, right? And one day I couldn't get up, you know, and uh, it's like, it's hard to describe, but you go, you go so fast down that uh, you go down into a depression. Uh, that was happened to me, at least. I, I think most people, like, when they do a burnout, they get a depression. Uh, and uh, my depression was like the deepest I ever had. Before that, I had like this kind of yearly depressions, but usually I just worked them out. You know, I just, I maybe parted more. I, I did more activities, you know, just to, just to get past that month that I was having every year. You know. But this time it happened, I couldn't get out of bed. You know, I wanted to get up, but I couldn't get up. Like I, I, it was like, and the depression and anxiety I got was like, let's say like, if you don't never experience a clinical major depression in your life, that is like 
imagine like the worst anxiety you had, like maybe you lost someone or, or something like that. And then you can multiply it with, uh, let's say 100 and it doesn't go away. It's, it's there every second, every hour, every day, uh, maybe for a month. And I had it for like eight months. Uh, and my father, he came to, to pick me up from the apartment and I slept on his sofa for almost uh, eight months in a clinical depression, you know, and that was hard. Like, uh, yes, some months after I'm like running company, I'm like starting a new venture. I'm, I'm invited to dinner to this like high society, uh, like family, you know, because I was like in the newspaper, I was like, yeah, I was very like engaged in the entrepreneurial community at that time, you know, in Sweden, you know. So everybody, like a lot of people knew who I was, you know, and for me, that was like, I felt very ashamed. You know? And that was the, when I realized that that is the problem that people don't want to talk, that they're suffering because they are ashamed. Like you're ashamed to say, I'm a leader and I'm having this period that I'm having a depression. Like, who do you say that to? That is when, for me, it became this kind of uh, revelation, you know, because I went to my therapist at the time and I asked her, like, am I the only entrepreneur having a depression? Am I the only entrepreneur sitting in your stool? And she looked at me and she said, like, in that chair, we have, like, uh, board of directors, we have CEOs, we have all these fancy people some of them, you know, Eduardo, and we have a lot of entrepreneurs, she said. And I said, but why is not anybody talking about it? She said, stigma, Eduardo. Nobody wants to be seen as weak. And that, that annoyed me so much. Like, I got so frustrated, you know, because like I told you, I always went to my books to find answers. And I was looking for the book that told me, Eduardo, I fell down, I lost everything like you, and I built myself up again. It's doable. I couldn't find hope. All the books I found was people that were still depressed or were still not like fully back, right? And I was like, if there's so many people in the world, and, and another thing I discovered is that burnout is most common among entrepreneurs, leaders, like people of, that are high achievers. You know? It's, it's have the highest percentage of not only that, highest percentage of anxiety and depressions also. So I decided there and then when I was talking with her that if I could come back to a level of society where people listen to me again, I would speak, you know, I would speak. And I will write a book. Actually, the book is coming next year, you know, so... Yeah, like I, I done the journey, you know, so it's, uh, that's, uh, it feels amazing that I'm now realizing what I told her, you know, and uh, I learned a lot of things, you know, that uh, I could talk all day about that. I, I can just give a short glimpse of what I'm writing about is that routines is very important for people, you know. The more routines you have, the better. And that is why when, uh, like, when you meet people like that know a lot about children, they will tell you these things with routines, right? And we didn't have so many routines in my home, so I didn't inherit that, you know. My father was always out with his politics. My mother was trying the best that she could do, but she was suffering with her health, you know. So 
it was like quite chaotic for me. So I didn't get that, you know. So I became like that also that for me routines, it was like I ate when I was hungry. I slept when I wanted to sleep, not because I needed to sleep, you know. So that was like the first thing that I learned. And then I learned that uh, that sleep is actually very important. <laughs> so what I do now is that I take my sleep very seriously, you know, and uh, I work, uh, th this is how I work actually. I, I wake up at five or six in the morning. Now I have a dog, so I need to take out the dog. I prepare food for the children. Then we try to send them to kindergarten like latest eight. Uh, seven if it's possible so they can eat breakfast there and after that i i start to work you know and uh, then at like four or something uh, yeah and during the day i take out the dogs stuff like that and then i we, i get the children and then i as long as the children are awake i avoid touching the computer and the phone i do that and uh, because i'm there only for them as when they are awake and as soon as they go to bed uh, maybe at latest eight, sometimes unlucky at nine, you know, then I start to work again, you know, and then I work until 12, and that's, or 11. So working a lot is, it doesn't mean that you will burn out, is what are you working with? Or like the work I do is positivity, you know, I do a lot of, everything I do, I, like, I want to do and I like to do it, you know, then it's not about hours. But if I were doing the same job with things that I don't like or, or with leader that is mistreating me, I could not work like this, right? It would be impossible, you know? So, and uh, so, yeah. So, but anyways, what I learned is that if you sleep, doesn't matter how hard you work. If you really sleep good, there's a higher chance that you can come back on track or, or you should try to have a sleep routine anyways. Like, that's the best pill you can have uh, for healthy living, actually, is taking care of your sleep. And for me, I, I was doing the opposite all my life, right? <laughs> like... And then another thing that I learned is that uh, you have an outer self and you have an inner self. And like the inner self, that's usually who you are, you know, and most people, they don't live that life. Most people, we live the life of others, you know, we live the life expectation of society what we should become expectation of your parents of what you should become you know and we feel shame to talk about our feelings because that is how society is built that is how work is built you know and the more you oppress the your inner self it means like who how are you feeling who are you what do you want to do in life you know maybe you want to be a clown and your father is a doctor that's like the classical one right and everybody has been doctor all their life and then you come and and, and you want to be a clown, right? And that's then it creates this pressure on you, you know, to be a doctor because of your father. And for me, like, it doesn't matter what you are, like, be happy, you know, like, and for my children, I'm teaching them that, you know, they, I follow what they like to do, you know, I don't, like, if my son wants to be like, I don't know, like, total the opposite of what I am. If he said, like, I want to clean the street, my dad, and every weekend I want to hike, do it, you know, like, <laughs> What can I say, you know, because you want people to be happy. If you really love your children, you want them to be happy. It's not about that titles and all these kind of things. They say nothing, you know, and that is the problem that we pressure ourselves. We pressure children. We pressure our work colleagues. We pressure people, you know, out of expectations that maybe they are not. 
that's another big reason for your burnout. Like your inner self will revolt sooner or later. And another thing that I learned was that the brain is programmable, actually. It's like a computer, you know, like cognitive behavioral, behavioral therapy uh, is one expression for that. And that means that many of the things that you do, like behaviors that are maybe leading you to this kind of situations all the time that create stress, you can actually train them away. The only problem, it takes a lot of time, you know, like military has done a lot of research in, in like, how can you say, like behavioral change. And it takes a lot of time. <laughs> but you can stop smoking. You can stop eating junk food. You can, you can unprogram yourself everything, you know. And I, I did that, actually. I stopped drinking. I, I was drinking for... In Sweden, we people start to drink when they're, they're like, uh, like I don't know, in their teens. You know, they start to, to without the parents knowing, but that's the culture, you know. And the the culture is that you work hard and you drink all weekend, right? <laughs> that's Swedes in a nutshell, <laughs> or Vikings, I would say. Like that's the, Denmark is the same, right? So I I did that for a long time, but what I did is that I, I took that also as as self medication against my depressions, you know. So I was drinking a lot, not by myself. I was like, I'm a social person. So I went out to party. I went, so, but anyway, I done that for so many years, you know, so I didn't know how to do it differently. I didn't even know how to be social with people in a club without being intoxicated, you know, because that was how I trained myself, you know. So when I met my, 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 my better half that I have, that we have children, like, uh, she said to me that if, if you want to be with me, you need to stop drinking. And I did that actually, I stopped and I went cold Turkey and I didn't drink for two years before I tried my first beer by mistake because they give me a strong beer uh, by mistake, right? In a restaurant. Uh, so, and then I like, I drink sometimes, but like socially maybe, but very, very, very seldom, you know? And so you can, you can train away something with will, you know, but you need to have determination, you know? So, and that's the thing with well-being that things that you do maybe is causing you your well-being, you know? You, maybe you're a yes person that need to please everybody, you know? And you put yourself in these situations uh, where you're starting to stress because you have promised him that you have promised her that you have promised your wife this and you have promised your children that you know so and I was also that that that's a that's a fact I was a yes person before now I'm being more uh, picky with the yes you know and I had to train that away it didn't when I realized that that was one of the causes of my well-being not being where I wanted it to be I started to train that away, but it took time. So it means, yes, you can train away behaviors. It just takes time. And uh, mindfulness, I would say, was like my biggest changer. And the thing with mindfulness that this is so interesting is that, uh, is that uh, you know, like human, this is like for everything I say or like when I find things, I always want research behind it, you know, like at least when I'm talking to like statistics, right? And uh, the, like there's a research done about people's like how positive are we, you know, versus how negative we are. And the research showed that uh, 
uh, almost 50% of our thoughts could be categorized as uh, disrupted. It means I'm between two things. Like I'm, I'm sitting at the computer and somebody say, hey, Eduardo, come here. Now, for me, shifting from that focus, like eagle eye focus, to another eagle eye focus, uh, the, if you accumulate all this time, it's like 50% wasted during the day on these things, like being in between stuff. You're like not like having the eyes on just one thing very clearly, right? And 80% of our like thoughts could be considered negative or doubt, doubtful and negative. It means uh, maybe I don't trust that, maybe, maybe, or I don't like that person, or, or like you read the news and, oh, I don't like that president, and now you're angry, right? <laughs> so you become negative. <laughs> I avoid reading so much news nowadays, actually, because I, I, I also realized that I was, uh, it triggered me into this kind of thing, right? Like, uh, do I choose this side or that side? Like, but I'm a humanist, and for me, it's like all are humans, you know? Like, why are they fighting? Like, come on, let's join together and solve problems instead of fighting. And the 90% uh, categorized thought is, is the most, uh, yeah, Actually, 90% of our thoughts could be categorized as repetitive. It means we're thinking the same thing as yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I, I could talk all day about that, but uh, yeah, like I need to address well-being at work also. But that, that's the thing with well-being at life, as I call it, is that I think every person should... Uh, try to find their well-being you know like to get to know themselves you know and to read about everything like psychology and like how does this work and why so you can understand like other humans better because often like well-being is all, all, always also related to other humans not only like like a workplace is still about humans you're not working with robots like you can't you can't blame c3po you know it's like it's usually more people involved right so yeah and also spirituality is very i'm a very spiritual person actually like if like go to use your religion like going to take breaks you know like be with your community like pray do all the things you know that let you come in contact with yourself and and feel more like aligned with other people, you know? And that is what I'm, I think is very important that, that maybe we are not doing in our society today. It's very like ego driven. It's like this, everybody for themselves, you know? And I don't know that. I think that is not the way actually. I think we should have more community thinking also in outside of work. Well, you know, you, you shared uh, uh, basically everything you need to know about well-being there uh but the you know the the, the caveat to all of it and, and the points uh to to all that you've said is that you, you have to know yourself first uh your limitations uh what you're going to allow in and out of your life uh whether you know it's at work or at home because some people they thrive at work because they're escaping home right or or vice versa they actually thrive at home because they're escaping work um but uh, a complete well-being type of a scenario uh or, or an ideal 
is that you thrive in both areas, both at home and at yeah. work, and everything is uh, is in line with uh, ensuring that you are the best that you can be at all times. Uh, and I think you mentioned something that was very important, uh, which was environment, right? So environment, uh, and, and when you talked about a, a micromanaging uh, manager, uh, one that creates a tense and um, stressful uh, environment, um, there's no, and I, and the reason why I bring that up is because I did suffer under a micromanager, uh, the, which, you know, uh, it's funny. I, I had mentioned this earlier today, uh, the, which I chose to fire, uh, and somebody was like, well, how do you fire your boss? You leave, you, you leave. That's how you fire your boss, right? You got a bad leader and you can't work under them leave. <laughs> if you can afford it, fire them. You know, I, I, and I don't understand. I do understand that there are a lot of monetary and financial situations that where you just can't uh, just pick up and go. Right. But if you can, then fire them because your well-being, you know, if you drop dead at your job, they're going to hire somebody else. They're not gonna memorialize your position because you were such a nice person. They're gonna say, okay, we're sorry that they're gone, but we need another body in there. And so that's what's gonna happen. So take care of yourself, know yourself, know your limitations, know what you are willing to uh, endure because you know, a bad uh, circumstance or a bad environment, you are enduring that. You're not, you're not surviving that. You're enduring it. And enduring is a very painful process. And usually that's what happens with, with the breakdown, uh, whether it's mental, emotional, or physical. And sometimes both mental and emotional turns into physical uh, because that's what happened to me. Uh, and you have to learn how to make well-being a priority in your life in every area, right? Because, uh, you know, a time management is something that, uh, that I like to, uh, you know, iron out because if time starts getting away from me and I feel like things are all over the place, I guess I start getting uh, stressed. And then I, I, you know, I say, hey, something's got to stop something's got to go uh I, we need to fix this so thank you for sharing that uh that intense uh history uh and story about uh wellness in your in your life right being uh being well the state of being well uh in your life and for those that have been listening uh you know take good care of yourself this year has not been uh as joyful as uh, many want it <laughs> right can, can i respond to something that you said yeah yeah uh, you said something like uh, uh, about like you need to start with yourself right and the reason the reason for that is that if you start with yourself and you can implement a person that like live the inner self like who you want to be in life right you will be happy you know? And when you when when you're feeling like not only like about happy, but you will feel fulfilled. And 
when you when you feel good inside, it's easier to treat other people good, you know, and then it's easier to form a family, right? And then you can create an empowering family and you can teach them this thing, you know, like we're, we're, we're here for each other, you know, and I'm here to support you. And uh, I'm concerned also about your well-being. And then when you go to work, and if the workplace is is uh, is like a, a workplace that take value seriously, and they work with company culture as a strategy, as I said they should, uh, then you don't have all these things like micromanagement and stuff like that because you understand that you need to have autonomy. People need to be self-driven. We can't have micromanager. Then you remove them. Then you have a value about we should treat people good you know and then if a leader misbehave then we remove them because they are going against the values today companies don't measure that's what they can't do anything now if you're working now in this place and people are mistreating you when you come home to your wife and you have built this family you know of trust what you will do is that you will be another person because she will notice like you're irritated because that is what happened when you get this kind of thing you know, like with anxiety or stress because people are not treating you good right then she will ask you like how are you feeling you know and then you will ask yourself how am i actually feeling and then maybe you quit that job so that what you said was so important because that is how you should do it you know so then you have this kind of safety nets to 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 how you say capture yourself with your family they will catch you you know hey daddy you're not as before you know what is happening then you will catch yourself like what am i doing like and then you can change your life you know but when you have nobody to talk to it's more difficult right so you should try to build this kind of network like your uh, Build good relations. That's that's what I, what I say is most important with your family, with your relatives, uh, on LinkedIn, like you and me, right? I feel I could call you tomorrow and say, you know, Acosta, I'm having this problem at work and I feel bad. I, I feel I could do that, you know, because we have built that relation. And today people are not, uh, they are like going from work, home to Facebook, on Facebook, to the news, read. People are online constantly, you know, with their brains on on something that they can't control instead of talking to people. <laughs> yeah, and that's very important. That, Go to uh, church, human, be in the nature. Like Yeah, human to human, get get in your zen, how they say, right? Get, get in an area where you, you feel safe and you can recharge uh and 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 take good care of yourself because i know uh that the uh, you know the the year is not done uh, the uh, 2021 is not as promised as before right it looks like things will carry over uh so uh you know this was your your the last seven months eight months were were a training ground to to uh, re-educate us on the things that are important I really feel that it was a, a, a huge pause in a lot of things so that you can recognize what's important, uh, you know, family uh, and, and, and well-being and taking care of each other and, and loving more and, and, and compassion. Uh, I've seen a lot of that come through uh, because of the situation of, you know, people in hospitals and dying and, and dying by themselves. You know, th these are things that tug at the heart. Uh, just mentioning them. Uh, and so I know that there's a lot of things that have been going on 
uh, not only in the health front, but, uh, you know, Puerto Rico has been in earthquakes since December last year. It's almost going to be a year of constant earthquakes. And we forget that, right? Or, you know, the, the, the category four and five that just went through Central America. Those people are devastated. That's on top of Corona, right? <laughs> so so there's, there's a lot to be uh, on people's minds, on people's hearts. So um, in, in terms of well-being, reach out to folks, uh, get, get with a group, uh, speak to people, uh, find a, a safe haven, you know, a place of safety for yourself so that you can not only endure, but you can survive and then thrive, right? Because that's the process that we want to, we want you thriving in every area that you have in your life. So, um, Eduardo, thank you so much for the information you shared, uh, the story that you shared. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that undoubtedly a lot of people are going to be listening and saying, man, that's me. Oh, wow. I, I'm right there. Man, that's, I need to do that. So thank you so much for sharing that. De nada, amigo. Un placer. All right, uh, folks, if uh, you want to uh, reach out to Eduardo, how, how would they do that? Uh, LinkedIn. I'm like LinkedIn nerd, like the rest of us, right? And... Uh... And yeah, like LinkedIn or you go to eduardo.live on the browser and you can come to my YouTube channel. That's it. And uh, gratitude, compassion that you said in the, in the end there is actually the first thing to start with, I would say. Like try to have some more gratitude and compassion in your life. I, mean, I train that. It's not something we just get. I I'm still training on that actually. Every day I try to have it. Yeah, folks, very important. Uh, this morning I talked about humility uh, as a leader, uh, and and he, you know, humanity requires uh, compassion. It requires it. And uh, if you want to see the best out of humans, uh, hand out that compassion, and you'll see the best out of them. Folks, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Eduardo, once again. And and you know how we like to close this out. Success to you. The same, the same. Thank you, man. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I'd love to hear suggestions for our future shows or any remarks you may have that will help us improve. Until then, success to you.